you are a Christian and you have had a rich diet of what it looks like to live in the blessing. I mean, that's the expectation that we're blessed, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And yet you're starting to experience hardship and trial and adversity and problems. And you're really not sure what to make of it. You're really not sure how to respond. Well, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but to be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And yet you still don't know what to do. And so I don't want to oversimplify it. But in this episode, we're talking about how to respond in adversity. So you stay tuned. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself, pray. Stop grumbling, pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out, pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to the Woman Pray Podcast. I believe you're in the right place today because we're talking about how to respond in adversity. And let's be clear, challenges, adversity, problems, hardship, they're going to come to all of us. And so we want to talk about it. I think you were blessed last week. And so I think you'll also be blessed this week. So here's what I need you to do. The messaging must go out to people because people are hurting. People are needing answers. And if we have the answer, we want to share. So I'm asking for your help. If this messaging is helping you in any way, I want you to share it with someone by clicking like. You can click like, you can ring the bell, but I just want to make sure that we are fulfilling a mandate to tell people where their answers are. And so as we consider what does it look like to respond to adversity, there are three points that I think we can look at today. We're thinking about trouble, we're thinking about temptation, and we're thinking about tests. Because in those three categories, adversity comes. And we're going to hear how do we respond. Now, the first category of trouble. When I think about trouble, I think about, if you remember, the nursery tale. The three little pigs, you know, one built their house on uh, with straw. The other built their house with sticks. And then the other one built his house with bricks. And if you remember the tale, the big bad wolf comes and he says, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, and I'm going to blow your house down. And the pigs who did not build with the brick, their houses blew down. Well, that's what I need you to think about when you consider trouble, because Matthew 7 tells us that as Christians, we're each building our houses. It doesn't even matter if you're a Christian, we're building our house. And when we build our house, we're either building our house on the rock or we're building our house on the strand, on the sand. And Jesus says that when we do the word, not just know it, but when we do what's written in scripture, we're building our house on the rock. 
And so when trouble comes, the big bad wolf, he prepares to blow, huff, puff, and blow our house down. He cannot blow it, blow it down because we are established in who we are. And so trouble comes, but if our house is built on the rock, Jesus Christ, we will remain. There's also a scripture that talks about in Proverbs 11, it talks about how trouble doesn't go to the righteous, but it goes to the wicked instead. And so if I'm living my life and I'm experiencing trouble after just problem and adversity and situations, I think it's important for us to really consider what's at work. Am I doing God's will or am I assuming that I'm in the right place, but I'm actually not? Here's why I say that, because Romans tells us that if there is self-seeking and if there are people who are disobeying the truth and actually obeying unrighteousness, well, then we can be assured of indignation, wrath, trials, as well as anguish on every soul. That's what the scripture says. And I believe it to be true. So then how do I respond to trouble? Well, I assess how I'm building my house. I consider, am I building my house on the rock where I'm actually doing what the scripture says? Or am I assuming that I'm doing it because I know what it says? So I'm going to church and I'm looking a certain way, but when it all comes down to it, I'm really neglecting what God is calling or asking me to do. And if that's the case, then all I need to do is repent. I turn around. I recognize the error of my way. Here's what happened to Cain. Cain in Genesis chapter four, it says that God told him sin is at your doorstep and I'm calling you to rule over it. So don't succumb to it, rule over it and overcome it. And so that's what I believe you can do. I can do when we consider the trouble, the adversity that's at our house. We determine, have I built my house on the rock or have I built my house on the sand? When I think about trials and adversity, I also consider what it looks like to live in temptation. Now, here's the thing. The Bible tells us in James, in fact, I'd like to look at it, if you will. James chapter one, it says, let no man, uh, let no one when he is tempted say, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. And so when I think about trials or adversity, maybe it's as simple as I'm being tempted. And the temptation is to lure me away from what it looks like to live a faithful life before God. It's just a temptation to lure me away from the truth, to lure me away from a commitment to please God regardless. When I think about temptations, the best examples that I could come up with, number one was Job. 
The Bible talks about how Job was a faithful man. He loved God. He did everything right. And yet all of a sudden, it seems to him, adversity comes to his house. But if we look at Job well, we see that it doesn't come out of nowhere. In fact, there is a conversation in heaven about Job where the enemy goes to God. He presents himself to God and he says that Job character. Now, remember, I'm paraphrasing. You can read it yourself in Job 1. But he says that Job character, he's only serving you. He only honors you because you're doing right by him, because you take care of him. If you take that hedge from away from him, I bet Job will curse you to your face. And God says, absolutely not. I know Job's character. I know Job's heart. He would never curse me. And the devil says, I bet he would. And so God says, you go ahead and try it. And that's when Job sees adversity. I wonder if there is a conversation in heaven about you when there's adversity that seems to come out of nowhere. Yes, you're living the blessing. And then all of a sudden, it looks like marriage is even more. It's, it seems like it's harder. Maybe things are falling apart. Maybe there's a loss of a loved one. And it just came random out of nowhere. Maybe it's a problem with the children. Maybe it's just adversity with friend groups or, or in, in whatever situation you're in. It can come out of nowhere. But I don't believe that it's a response for us to fall apart. As Job is, it speaks to Job, it speaks to a man who was faithful. In other words, he didn't change his opinion, even though his wife says, ah, just curse God, just curse God and let it go. But Job says, I will not. And so when you think about your response to adversity, if it's a trouble that's going on and you recognize that you haven't built your house on the rock, well, then I repent. If there's adversity and the adversity is trying to lure you away from God, where you can say to yourself, I thought serving God would make it easier. It just seems like this is a waste of my time. That is the trick of the enemy to cause you to turn your back on God. And you would be proving the devil right, where you're only serving God when things are going right in your life. But when things aren't going right, you would not serve God. Well, God has a better confidence in you. And so if temptation has come, this is your opportunity to prove the devil wrong, that whether things are sunshiny or rainy, whether it's Christmas in your life or it seems like things are being removed from your life, I will yet lift my hands in worship, in praise and adoration of my God. This is your time to prove who you really are, that you are a believer and not a doubter. Then the last category, when I think about adversity, is that it could just simply be a test. You see, Jeremiah says that God searches the heart and he tests the mind. And if you look throughout the Old Testament, God does test Israel. He tests to see if they would believe him, if they would just follow him, if they would just do what he's asked them to do. 
And there are times in our life as Christians where we will be tested in the same way that you're in school and you learn material and then the teacher says, it's time to take a test to prove if you really do understand the material. Well, the same is true as a Christian, that after you have learned and been taught and after you have heard the word over and over again, after you've praised God to say that you believe, after you've determined that you will do his word, there will be a test in life. And James 1 speaks to the test. So I really want us to look at that because I don't want you to feel like you're in life alone or something random is happening and what's going on. No, because James says that to count it all joy when you fall into various tests, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The scripture then continues with, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, it will be, wisdom will be given to you, not, so that, not in a way where I don't understand why you can't pass this test. You should know this by now. See, that's reproach. No, here in James, we're told that God would give to us wisdom without, without pointing the finger to say, you should know better by now. No, he gives us grace. He gives us the wisdom that we need. And so what should your response be in adversity if this is a test? Well, here's how I define this wisdom that's pointed out here in James. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he will give to you liberally without reproach. And that's what we need when we're facing adversity. There are times when it's so hard that we want to fall apart. Maybe we just want to go into a corner and cry. Maybe we don't want to leave the house again, but that's not what we need. What we need is wisdom from God. And the wisdom that we're talking about is not just insight, but we're talking about what it looks like to fear God, what it looks like to revere him or to reverence him, even when it's hard, because that's what adversity is. It's hard. And so I want to encourage you that if the adversity in your life is a test, respond by asking God to show you how to worship him and to revere him or to reverence him, how to live your life so that you are not acting like the world, so that when things are good, you can worship, but when things are bad, you cannot. No, you want to know how to worship him even during the adversity. I believe that God gives to each one of us the grace needed to overcome this world. And so when adversity is coming and we feel the pressure and the weight of life, that's not the time to give in to our flesh. That's not the time to be faithless. That's the time to be faithful. So that's when you ask God for the stamina and the tenacity to be like a Daniel who still opened his window and prayed, though there was the threat. 
of death. Or to be like Simon, who Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. So you go to God and you say, Lord, I need your help because this trial that's come, this testing that's taking place, you have taught me, you have given me the information. So now, Holy Spirit, remind me of what I need to say, what I need to do. I've been in adversity before. I know what I'm saying. And adversity comes to all of us. And so when it comes, that's our time to respond by first assessing ourselves. Am I dealing with this because I've not really maybe been faithful before the Lord? Am I living a self-seeking, selfish ambition kind of life? Am I disobedient to the truth of God's word? Am I building my house like the little pig of sticks or straw? Or am I building it with the rock, the brick, the rock of Jesus Christ. That's my time to assess what's really at work. I'm not going to place blame outside of myself. I'm going to look inside first. And once I can determine that I've been faithful before you, Lord, now I determine what is the temptation? What is being presented to me that's trying to take me away from saying things that speak to I believe, what I believe? I believe, God, that you are with me, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I believe, Father, that you uphold me. I believe you, Lord, that you take care of me, that though the storm may come, though the, though the floods are rising and the wind is blowing and the rain is beating on my house, I will be steadfast. I will be unmovable. I will continue to abound in you. That doesn't happen by emotions. That happens with intentionality. Job said, I will not curse God. And so if you recognize the adversity is coming because there's just a temptation, then you determine in your heart to love God more than you love the temptation to curse God. That you love God more than you love the idea of doubting him. To love God more than you love the notion of turning your back away from him. This is not the time to faint. This is the time to be strong in adversity. Because if God is testing the heart, you want your heart to be found as pure. Because the pure in heart shall see God. That's our episode for today. And I hope that it has blessed your life where you have real points, something to do when you consider the adversity that's facing you. Trials will come. We're not immune to them. The Bible doesn't say that to the Christian, you'll never experience problems. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but to be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome, you have overcome as well. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. So be faithful to what you have been saying from the beginning, through the adversity, and even to the other side of the adversity, that Father, you are faithful. Father, I love you. I'm not running away from you. I'm running to you. I'm running to the rock that's higher than myself.
I am a woman with a mandate, and I pray that this has blessed your life. And so I want to encourage you, let's do life together. Let's do life as a woman who knows to pray. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much because you give us answers throughout your word. And as we receive your answer, it is our desire to respond in such a way that's going to please you, that's going to honor you, that speaks to a people who are truly anchored in a hope that does not disappoint. We commit ourselves unto you today, Father, that our righteousness would shine like the dawn and the justice of our cause like the noonday sun, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the hardship, regardless of problems. Father, may we be found as oaks of righteousness, a planting of you, Lord, where we are rooted and built up, where we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, where we are steadfast in hope. We thank you, Lord, that it's possible because you are with us. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, for being with every person, for being a good shepherd, and for being the keeper of every life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.